Walsh has got it, twigging around. Gee, the tackle was a little high. Collingwood win by four. McComb not quite. Gorn hopeful. Now Jamari Ugalhagen kicks it long. It's got a lot of carry. That's something extraordinary. It's a high five from Jamari. Glory. Just coming back. guys and welcome to the 28th edition of the In The Sand Show. Today we're going to review the two latest No Limit boxing shows over the past few weeks. Also preview tomorrow night's No Limit boxing card headlined by Isaac Hardman who we've had on the show against Kazuki Kaihara. And also finally we are joined with world rated lightweight boxer Yusuf Dib. So let's get into the news and to kick off this show we're going to have a look at the first show of the No Limit Boxing Festival. If you didn't know what no, Lo- no Limit is and what they run, No Limit is Australia's biggest boxing promotion that cover most of the shows in Australia. And in seven weeks, they are putting on four huge boxing shows. And the first show of this so-called boxing festival was two weeks ago. And the first fight of that night was Isaiah Sechi taking on Anka Shooter. And this fight was an interesting one. Huda missed weight. Exciting matchup, Sechi provides the audience of no no matter who he's versing, um, no matter their record, he puts on a show. And it's great for boxing, great uh, for Australian boxing fans as well. Sechi came into this fight with a really interesting record. One win, one loss, and one draw. Um, he's just a really tough, tough fighter, Sechi. Huda came into this fight, his opponent, with four wins, two losses, and two draws. These two really put it on each other, throwing huge shots and not really going for that traditional boxing fight. More of a scrap and um, something the fans love to see. And uh, it, was a, it was pretty much a bloodbath. Huda got dropped once by Sechi and Sechi got the decision win in the end. And Sechi's been really good, especially on these No Limit boxing cards. Um, I think next we can see him climb up the Australian rankings and I think in the future we can definitely see him fighting for an Australian title and I think he's just going to build up his resume he's looking really talented his power is great probably just has to work a bit more on his defence but uh, I think he's going to be one to watch out in the um, near future the next fight was Yusuf Dib who we had on the show today um, taking on Miles Zalewski for the IBF Australasian title and the winner of this fight was going to go on to be a world rank lightweight uh, Zalewski was renowned for his power in the lightweight division, so did moving down a couple weight classes um, to come to this lightweight limit. Stacked, stacked uh, um, lightweight limit with a lot of talent, and uh, Zalewski has been one of the biggest fighters in that lightweight division in Australia who fights domestically. But I think this was his chance to really shut shut off um, Yusuf Dibin. He came into this fight with a record of 19-0. A lot of talk about him. It's his first show 
uh, first fight on a huge show. He's uh, fought, fought domestically many times, and people didn't know his name, but now people really knew his name for sure. Dib dominated most of the fight until round six, where Zalewski's power just got Dib. Beautiful shot, shot where uh, Dib got dropped, and a um, bit of controversy there, because Dib got dropped, looked like he was in a bit of trouble, and he spat out his uh, mouth guard. Uh, lost a point for that as well. So he was up on the cards. Um, I didn't think he lost a round up until that round. And then copped a 10-7 round, which in boxing is pretty hard to come back from a 10-7 round because you lose three points and they, they, those three points are huge. Um, Zalewski made the cards even. The next round, did finish him. And Yusuf did knew that he had to put away uh, Zalewski because leave it to the judges would probably stuff him up a bit and um he wanted he wanted to be uh the top 15 ranked lightweight in the ibf division and i think did definitely showed his potential and um i'm sure we're going to see some big bigger and better fights from yusuf dib and uh, we had him on the show today and that, that interview will come up after and you can hear uh how how proud he is that he's um now a top 15 fighter and He's got his brother helping me out, Billy Dib. He's a former world champion, so he's backed by some a great corner, an experienced one as well. Um, and I think Yusuf Dib's going to be the next best Aussie star that lightweight division. And he's really um, putting the expectation on himself to take on George Cambosis, who is the Australia's best lightweight. And uh, he think if thinks if George can win another world title in the IBF division, that he'll take that crown off him. The next fight was the co-main event, Jack Brubaker taking on Troy, Troy O'Malley. These two are two veterans of uh, the Australian uh, domestic scene. Brubaker taking on Tim Zoon has had a bit of a uh, hiatus from uh, boxing, two years off, and then Troy O'Malley's come back from a bit of a rain in um, Thailand, uh, fighting a couple times over there, but O'Malley missed weight by a, a fair bit, two and a half kilos, I'm pretty sure. And he's back from a bit of time away. Um, he's been fighting in Thailand, and uh, it's a different it's a different step fighting in Thailand than uh, Australia, because Australian boxers are probably known a bit better just to box, properly box, and I think Thailand's more of a go swing for the knockout. And O'Malley came out with pressure, but with an early knockdown by Brubaker, he took the lead on the cards, and Brubaker and O'Neill, whoever won this fight, wanted to take on Nikita Zhu, the brother of Tim Zhu, also undefeated fighter in the super welterweight division. Brubaker edged the decision. I'm not sure who won that fight. I think um, the knockdown really helped Brubaker out a lot. It was a close one. O'Neill put the pressure on, and I think uh, we can see him back on the no limit card. I hope we do as well. And um, he puts on a show as well as Brubaker, but Brubaker didn't look like his old self, I think that two years off, uh, he just needed to wear off the ring ring rust. And um, he'll take on Nikita Zoo in a couple of weeks. And I think Nikita will absolutely demolish Brubaker. And if Brubaker comes out how he did against Troy O'Mealy, um, I think he'll be over in a couple of rounds, not even. And he'll finish Brubaker but earlier than um, his brother Tim did. The main event of that night was Polo Cuso taking on Reynold Quinlan and Quinlan has been a proper veteran in that lightweight division in Australia. He's really upset some huge fighters with some big records and 
Um, this fight for Randall Quinlan was all Polo Cuso, Polo Cuso, um, the Intercontinental IBO champion who is probably going to go on to um, fight for the IBO World Championship. But Quinlan has been uh, past IBO champion, the super middleweight division, and also um, beat some undefeated stars where he's come in not as the underdog and um, has come in as the underdog, sorry, and beat some of the uh, best in the light, um, the light heavyweight division, um, like Jack Bowen, he's got that knockout power. But Akuso missed weight um, after the fight. He said he had to fight with a illness, and um, but he still came out extremely dominant. Quinlan came for the upset, was looking for that huge punch, but Akuso couldn't drop him. Uh, Quinlan's chin was definitely, uh, definitely held up, and I think if Akuso wasn't uh, fighting with that illness, he would have just murdered Quinlan. Um, but I think uh, it was a great performance from Akuso. Got the rounds under his belt, the eight rounds under his belt. Uh, dinner was around uh, from the judges. Won the fight. Next fight for him could be an IBO light heavyweight eliminator. And I think we can definitely, definitely see another star from Australia in Polo Akuso. But next, we're going to have a look at last week's all-women's fight card a couple of weeks ago actually all women's fight card where no limit put on um, a great card for all women fighters and uh, it was it was some it was some really class boxing in that um, that card I'm gonna review only the co-main and the main event for this one where AFLW superstar Taylor Harris has been cleared of serious injury after suffering a badly swollen eye on the first defeat of her boxing career on uh, last Wednesday night their fears Harris may have suffered a broken orbital bone just six weeks out from the footy season on a, histi- on a historic all-female all card. Where breakout Australian star Ella Boot also announced her world title plans. Harris suffered an upset loss during her bid to dethrone the Australian Super Bowl to weight champ Millie Agbabulam. In the co-main, meanwhile, 23-year-old Boot took her promising professional start to four straight wins when she defended her national super lightweight title against MMA convert Annie Thatcher. Afterwards, Boot revealed she wanted to compete at junior lightweight moving forward and eventually uh, campaign for a shot at US champion Bam Gardner. Harris, meanwhile, was encouraged to make a, make a trip to the hospital late last uh, couple nights ago with um, large swelling and bruising beneath her left eye. The crossover fighters due to be back, in, back training uh, with the reigning premiers, Melbourne Demons, and um, that fight against Agba Bullen. Agba Bullen just came out like no one expected her to. Harris, uh, this is probably a fight for her to win, and they probably set her up for this one to win, um, get the super welterweight championship, and probably progress to be um, a world champion in boxing, and then also be an AFLW player. And if those if that went her way, I think it would have been great for her, but she just got really, I think, shocked by Agbo Bullum's um, power. Millie uh, really dominated that fight, and I think she deserved the win. One judge gave it to Agbo Bullum, um, two judges gave it to Agbo Bullum, and one gave it a draw, surprisingly, but um, it was definitely Millie Agbo Bullum uh, for the win. And then the co-main event, Alaboot against Annie Thatcher. Alaboot put on a great performance and 
I think that's another star we can see in the Australian uh, junior feather, uh, the junior lightweight division. Sorry, and um, I think we can see her campaign for a shot at the title soon. But that wraps up all the No Limit Boxing Summaries. So thank you for listening to The Understand Show. I'll catch you after the break. This is Mindy Mong Wong. You're listening to Radio Karam. Don't worry about a thing. Don't worry about a thing. Cause Atticus Health will make you feel all right. If you got a tummy ache, or you don't feel right, or if you have a nasty rash, keeping you up at night, don't worry about a thing, don't worry, cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright. Come on, Freddy's Kitchen in Station Street For a coffee and something nice to eat Yeah, the pizzas are great In fact, all the food rates down at Freddy's Caram Station Street Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now It's a pizza It's a mystic pizza Josie from Space Folk, and when I want to stay groovy, I listen to Radio Caram. Hey there, this is Dean Wareham from Galaxy 500. Tune in to my friend Tor Larson's psychedelic show, Sunrise on Super 8. That's Saturday mornings from 9 to midday on Radio Carom, local community radio. Welcome back to the In The Sand show. And now we're going to have a look at tomorrow night's No Limit Fight card headlined by Isaac Hardman versus Kaihara. But the first fight of the night is Mania Fati taking on Jerome Pascua. This fight will be at a catchweight limit and is a four-round fight. Fatty comes into this fight with an undefeated record of five wins, 
no losses with five big knockouts. His international Kiwi opponent, Pascua, comes into the ring with seven wins and six losses. My prediction for this fight will be Fatty taking the TKO victory. I think, I think this will be in the fourth round. And with his power, he has to knock out all his previous opponents. I think he'll put a show on for the first fight of the night. And it's also, his manager is Billy Dibb, um, who's previous uh, world champion, previous Aussie uh, world champion. Um, his brother is now world-ranked Yusuf Dibb, who will be on the show later on today. Um, and with his backing, having Billy Dibb um, helping him now as his manager, I think not only he'll, will he be set in the right path, I think uh, he'll grow as an opponent. And I think we'll see him uh, wipe out Jerome Pascua tomorrow night. The second fight of the night is a highly anticipated matchup between Blake Wells and Tej Singh. Last time these two fought were early on this year where Tej Singh beat then undefeated Wells by split decision and a bit of controversy there as well with that decision. Wells comes into this contest as a previous light heavyweight Australasian champion beating many domestic prospects but his only loss has come to Singh and on Wednesday will be his, first, will be his time for redemption. Singh is a veteran in the Australian boxing holding a record of 17 wins, 6 losses and 3, three draws. He's taken on a headliner of this card, Isaac Hardman, former world title um, holder, Sam Solomon, and American Amari Jones. So he's a highly experienced uh, opponent and he's a huge threat as he got the victory over Wells last time. But I think this time it's going to be Blake Wells and I think he'll get the job done by decision. I don't think um, he'll come out swinging. I know Tej, Tej Singh will uh, come to end the show early by a knockout, but I think Wells will cruise to a unanimous decision victory. Um, settle the beef between these guys. And uh, maybe we could see a trilogy, but uh, I highly doubt it. Um, but I think Blake Wells will uh, get his redemption over Tej Singh. Next fight is the co-main event. Riley Powers taking on Ralph Etienne. Now, this is a fight many don't know about. Riley Powers is a six-foot-five giant, having a record of two wins, no losses, with two big Knockouts. We're on the other side of the ring. Ralph Eddian is on his debut. I've got Riley Powers for the win by decision. It's only a four-round fight. Powers' height will definitely help him in this fight. I'm not sure um, many know about these two. Uh, it's it's going to be an interesting fight, um, seeing who will uh, take on the contest early on. Um, I think Powers will win. Just his experience will get over Eddian in the um, professional boxing ring um, but again interesting fight the main event of tomorrow's card is Isaac Hardman who has been on the show before um, we had him on the show before his previous fight against Rowan Murdoch where he unfortunately did not get the victory I thought he did many did as well but um, that's boxing I guess he'll be taking on Japanese Kazuki, Kazuki Kaihara in an 8 round fight Hardman's last fight, again, controversial decision loss. He stepped up a weight class, though, to take on Rowan Murdoch for a regional belt. Hardman only losses have come from some of Australia's best, and his experience as an MMA fighter and his 15 fights in boxing will definitely help him tomorrow night. He's been struggling to get a fight, though, and No Limit has brought in Kaihara with an interesting record, six wins, one loss, three draws. He's also the fourth-ranked Japanese middleweight 
in Harden's last fight. We saw him take a normal boxing approach against Murdoch, um, just looking for the decision and and boxing pretty well, like I thought. Uh, but it's not the usual Isaac Hardman. Normally, when you see Isaac Hardman fight, you see the big knockouts. Um, I think he'll finish Kaihara uh, in the sixth round. He's been looking for a fight, and um, fighters looking for a fight for ages. Um, I think it'll be his time to step back up um, in the middleweight division. I think next, if he can get over Kaihara, I think let's hope um, we can see him go into the top 15 uh, middleweight rankings, and let's see if he can progress for a world title. That wraps up all my boxing previews. After the break, we are joined with world-rated lightweight boxer Yusuf Dib. So thank you for listening to the In The Sand Show. I'll catch you after the break. Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright If you got a tummy ache Or you don't feel right Or if you have a nasty rash Keeping you up at night Don't worry About a thing Don't worry Cause Atticus Health Will make you feel alright This is Minimum Wong. You're listening to Radio Karam. Josie from Space Folk, and when I want to stay groovy, I listen to Radio Caram. If you feel the caramel, just call Mitchell Tall. Or in Patterson Lace, just call Mitchell Tall. Anywhere Bayside, just call Mitchell Tall. Buy a summer house, just call Mitchell Tall. Mitchell Tall, tall, tall. Real estate. Oh yeah, little real estate. We want more. Welcome back to the In The Sand Show, and now we are joined with newly crowned IBF Australasian lightweight champion and now world ranked lightweight Yusuf Tib. So first of all, how are you going? 
Very well, very well. How are you? I'm great, great. So yeah. first question, a week ago you beat Miles Zalewski for the IBF Australasian title. How's that experience to be on a no limit card and what did the fight mean to you? Oh, look, it was an incredible experience. It was amazing to be able to like showcase everything that I had worked for in front of uh, in front of a big audience, in front of a big crowd. Obviously, it was, the fight was televised. Um, it's my first first fight to be televised for you know a few years now. The last time I was televised was on the undercard of uh, Jeff Horn versus Anthony Mundine. Um, you know when I boxed in in, in Brisbane. But um, this was a big occasion, you know, and it was great to have my family, my friends, um, and so many people tune into the fight and, and and see what I'm about, you know. So it was, it was excellent. Yeah, yeah. So in the sixth round, you suffered a knockdown, lost a point, and you also had to fight with a cut. What got you through the round to progress and win the fight? I think just knowing that I had done so much in the lead-up that I had prepared so well. I had taken place, you know, in close to 10 weeks of training of, of hard work and just making sure that every day I, I did the right things that would lead to victory. And, you know, when I, when I did get dropped, I, I was, I was all over the shop, you know, and it was, it was no mistake that I was pretty much out on my feet, but my conditioning, my, my, my prep in the, in the lead up to the fight is what really got me through. And, and just knowing that I, I had enough in my tank to get me through that, that little, you know, hurdle that I, I was facing. And, and then it was time to go back to work and then get to doing what I do best. And, you know, I caught him with the shot that, that really changed the fight. Yeah. So you've pretty much taken out most of the Australian domestic scene. Who do you want to fight next? Look, uh, now it's about, once you once you've entered that top fifteen, it's about taking the fights that that are meaningful. It's about taking the fights that are going to lead to you know you increasing your ranking, and you know we're, we're going to end up in the top fifteen. And I imagine that they're going to put put me somewhere between anywhere between fifteen to twelve, somewhere between there. Um, and I just want to keep building uh, towards that number one spot and earn my shot at, at, at fighting for a world title. That's yeah. that's what we're in the sport for and. Yes, it is a few fights away, but each fight needs to be a meaningful fight, a fight that I'm going to progress with rather than regress. And uh, I'll keep learning and keep applying my trade in the gym and I'll be ready for that world title shot once once we're there. Yeah, do you think you can become world champion? I genuinely do believe I can I can become a world champion. I know that I've got the right people around me to to reach those goals. I've I've seen what it takes to become a world champion. I've seen my brother go through the hard yards. I've seen what he's needed to do in order to become the best in the world. And now now it's my turn to to put those things into into practice and to also learn from the mistakes that he made during during the time that he was champion. And um, I've definitely got the tools to become a world champion. And I have no doubt that that I will be in in a very very short time. Talking about world champions, what were your thoughts on the George Cambosis fight? In, he's in your division. What did you think of that? Look, I think like most people, um, I saw Maxi Hughes get the better of Cambosis, and you know I do believe that Maxi probably deserves to win to, to win the fight. But in saying that, George put himself in in that position, 
And look, I, I'll be real. I don't feel like he was as well prepared as he could have been. He had a lot of trouble against against the Southpaw style. Um, and I think that comes down to his basic skills. And really, like, he, he didn't really deserve to win the fight, but he got the decision. It is what it is. Good luck to him. And I think, uh, you know, that puts him in a spot to fight for uh, probably what's going to be a vacant lightweight title in the uh, for the IBF lightweight title. And let's just hope that, you know, he keeps winning and I plan on keep winning. And I think that's a fight that's going to happen in, in the near future too. Yeah, I think that'll be a great fight as well. So last yeah. question. You've won 20 fights, many for titles. Which one's been your favorite and why? My favorite fight, uh, my favorite fight was probably was probably a fight like earlier on in my career. And I, to be honest with you, I felt like because I was in contr- complete control that night in terms of, you know, even though the opposition w- was probably more limited than than the opposition that I've been fa- facing lately. You know, Kai and and Miles, Kai McKenzie, and now Miles Zaluski, they've been two very tough fights and and I like stepping up but the one fight against uh, Jacob McBride I think it was in my sixth fight but I just felt in com- complete control that night and you know I, I dealt with times when when he was coming on as well but the way that I boxed that night was like a real show of what I have and what I'm capable of doing which I don't think everybody has seen yet I'm I'm very capable of doing things that people haven't seen uh, you know, under those bright lights just yet. And that's that's the work in progress that we are. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going to get to that stage where I am comfortable enough to be in the ring and to do all the things that I can do in the gym. So yeah. that's that's my ultimate aim because once people see that, they're, they're going to be really surprised. They're going to be – and they're going to know that I've got a good boxing brain on me and that I've got the the the, the right skills to become a world champion. Yeah, yeah. So that wraps up all my questions today. So thank you, Yusuf, for joining me. I really appreciate it. And I wish you the best of luck. Thank you very much. Wish you the best as well, my friend. Walsh has got it, twigging around. Gee, the temper was a little high. Collingwood win by four. McComb not quite. Gorn hopeful. Now Jamari Ugalhagen kicks it long. It's got a lot of carry. Something extraordinary. It's a high five from Jamal. Glory. Just coming.